Greetings from the French city Strasbourg, from the studio in the European Parliament. My name is Ilze Nagle and today we're going to talk about the future of meat eaters. Do they have a future? Or maybe once upon a time in the future they will all turn vegetarians. And today I'm joined by Esther de Lange. She's MEP from the Netherlands, from the EPP group. And Francisco Guerrero. He's an MEP from Portugal, from uh, the political group of the Greens. Very nice to have you both here. Uh, if we talk about the meat eaters, meat consumption in Europe is, is, is very big. Uh, per capita, Europe is the second largest meat consumer right after the North America. What is your feeling in your countries? Do you see, see that this trend is changing? People start to eat less meat or this is still kind of a lot of meat consumption? Well, trends in nutrition, I think, are always changing uh, and I think meat especially if it's locally produced, uh, you know, uh, can be a very pure product that can be part of a very healthy lifestyle. For me, it's important that Europe becomes the healthiest continent in the world. Meat can be a part of that. Uh, but eight out of 10 Dutch people, for example, don't eat meat every day anymore. In the 1950s, they did. So yes, you could see that people are hopefully making also better informed choices. And in Portugal, how is the situation? Well, in Portugal, the, the trends are not that good. Uh, we see that it depends on the, the age. The, the younger generation are fastly changing their habits, so introducing more plant-based foods. That doesn't mean they have all vegetarians or vegan, but they are starting to have a, a huge decrease of this consumption of animal products and dairy products. But we see that there's a lot of support of the national uh, parliament and also the European institutions by promoting meat consumption. And so, it's, it's a, a double trend, so on the younger generation, yes, we see that, that wishful uh, move towards a more plant-based diet, but on the older generations, the habits continue. For example, Portugal has the highest consumption of fish in the, the European Union and one of the largest in the world. And so that has a huge impact also on health and uh, on the environment. But that's about meat consumption. What about the meat production? Yeah. Is that really so bad for environment? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, it is bad because the, the data is on the table. Nature just released a study that says that 60% of the agri-food industry releases 60% 60, uh, 60 of, of the gas house emissions and of, of those, one-third of the gas house emissions worldwide. And 60% of that one-third is related directly related to animal farming. And so obviously we should de decrease the consumption of animal products. The incentives should be towards the farmers to change to a, a more plant-based production. And obviously the national, at the national level, but also at the European level, we should help the farmers make this transition. And what we see is the opposite. And so uh, the data is on the table. We really need to decrease the consumption, but it has to have uh, policies that help farmers to make this transition. What do you think uh, is, uh, how, how can you ask farmers to produce less, uh, less meat? Is well, that really, does it really work? First, for, let me first say, I, I think this picture is a bit too black and white. You know, it's either meat or no meat at all. Uh, and um, what I hear from the other side of the table is that meat production in general is bad for the environment. But that depends very much on the way you do it. If it's sustainable, if it's extensive, you know, um, if it's locally reared, um, the impact of the, on, on the environment is much smaller 
Um, so I think I'm much more somebody who would like to look at the science and the way that it can be done in a sustainable way than just to basically say, okay, you know, meat should be stopped altogether. No, meat can be part of a healthy diet. Meat can also be produced sustainably. Let me give you an example. The part of the Netherlands that I come from is maybe the part that you know from paintings, right? If you think about the Netherlands, you see green fields, you see cows, and maybe you see a windmill. <laughs> I live in that part of the Netherlands. On that soil, we can pretty much only grow grass. It's not soil that you can use to grow grain. The excellent thing about grass is that cows can turn it into milk, which is a basic product for cheese, etc. So the discussion from my point of view should be how can we keep cows, in this case, um, in such a way that it is good for the environment, that we avoid the methane, because yes, that is an issue, that we avoid the methane being released into the air, but keeping it into the soil. And if that is possible, then, you know, in Europe we can have both excellent plant-based products and fruit and fish and meat. It's the way you do it. Please let's not have a black and white discussion of no meat at all or, you know, meat every day. Do you agree with that? No, I think that this argument is not correct. So we are not talking about one side or the other. We are talking about the, the, the severe reduction of animal consumption. Uh, and we can say, obviously, that it would be better for all of us to have an extensive production of meat. But if we continue to have this type of, of consumption, we don't have land enough to, to, to make this type of production. So I, I think it's very idealistically to, to push this narrative and not talk about the real changes that we, we should be doing, that it should incentivizing the plant-based industry and, and talking about the, the, the facts. For example, uh, you are also in an in a intergroup, I think, that promotes the, the management of water. And for example, one kilogram of beef being intensive or extensively is more or less uh, needs 15,000 liters of water to be produced. In Portugal, water scarcity is a huge problem. And so if you don't talk about this, it's, it's uh, unrealistic to say that people should be uh, investing their public money in uh, subsidizing this type of, of meat uh, production. What we said that, that is that it, they have their space, but this public money should be invested in plant-based because it is more efficient, it's better for their health, and in the end it's better for the farmers because we see that in the market it has a huge grow on this sector and farmers will, will gain a lot of money by, by entering this sector. But the Netherlands water is not such a problem like, for instance, in, uh, in, in Portugal, right? For that, but you have the emissions, and in, the emissions are In a different way, in a different way. I mean, I visited Portugal, and, and I know that, you know, just drought, dry soil, not getting enough water is a key issue in, uh, in Portugal. In the Netherlands, because of climate change, we get more and more periods of droughts as well. But the main uh, problem in the Netherlands is the fact that um, a lot of the peatlands uh, where the cows graze, um, Internally within the land, there's methane. And if you lower the water level so much, because we Dutch, we manage the water level, you know, we can make it higher, we can make it lower. If you lower it too much, which you need for intensive farming, right? Because if they want big machinery, you need lower water levels. Then the methane goes into the air. That's an extremely bad development. So with peat ground, you want to keep the methane in the soil and that can only be done if you have a type of farming that is respectful for the soil that don't doesn't use the heavy machinery but it doesn't mean you can't have any 
animal farming. That was my point. And I think uh, we are closer together <laughs> than you might believe because you just said, you know, it's not about banning one thing and only allowing the other thing. It's about having a discussion, science-based, uh, how we, we in Europe, all over Europe, north to south, can have very sus sustainable farming that is also healthy for the consumer. Because part of the problem in Europe is that we don't eat enough of these pure, unprocessed products that farmers produce. We buy a lot of processed food, uh, high in sugar, high in fat, high in salt, as a result of which um, we have 50% of people that are overweight. In the United States, it's 60%. So I think the discussion should it's be broader. It's a high number. Yeah. It's huge. And I think, uh, and especially for children, um, once you get overweight in your childhood years, it's, 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 it's tougher to, to get rid of that uh, later on in life. So what I think the discussion should be about is that Europe should be the healthiest continent in the world. And the, yes, we should then have a discussion about our diets, but that is a bit broader than just do you eat meat or not. If your meat is produced sustainably, if you don't maybe eat it every day, um, I go to a farmer that raises pigs very extensively, that has his own butcher slaughtering the pigs, and uh, that's expensive, and people might eat slightly less, but when you eat that meat, you know for sure it's produced in a good way, in a fair way, and the farmer, let's talk about that as well, gets a fair price. Uh, that's the problem, of course, of the transition we need to make. Yes, we need to make a transition to more sustainable farming, but we need to do it in such a way uh, that the farmer is actually paid better and doesn't get less. Often the farmer is the one that receives whatever is left in the end. After the supermarket made a big profit, the trade in between made a big profit, and then there's the farmer who gets a very, very, very small, small margin. So if we want these farmers, and I think we both want that, to produce sustainable food, we should also work to ensure that we uh, give them a fair price. Yes, but for example, in the common agricultural policy that was negotiated now, and also the, the fisheries funds, DPP had a, co a contradictory position that you are saying. So that's, that's our point. In the end, we, we have the, the, uh, the narrative, and then we have the policies. And in the policies, for example, these two huge packages, being the common agriculture policy, one-third, more or less one-third of the EU budget, we see that the trend is on the opposite side. So they continue to promote intensive animal farming, intensive agricultural uh, farming, exportation of live animals. And so this goes against the narrative of my colleague. I do understand that the ENVIC uh, colleagues have a more progressive view, but in the end their votes uh, Best the common agriculture policy that will set the prices and will set the way that we produce food in Europe for the for the for the five years to come. And so, in the end, more about rhetoric, we should do, be doing policies that really help farmers. And in the, that end, I don't see EPP doing that that path. Well, I, I need to maybe react to that. Okay, I've, I've sure. been in this house since 2007. And I have been working on a fair price for farmers ever since. Uh, this problem that the farmer gets just whatever is left after all the others make a big profit. It's thanks to the EPP that this is now being monitored by the European Commission, that unfair trading practices, you know, basically squeezing the farmer, uh, are now being banned at a European level. So um, I don't agree, you know, that uh, the rhetoric has, has changed. I think we should work at this fair price. And if we can ensure this fair price, uh, you know, uh, 
that should actually be the key because farmers will see, okay, it's worthwhile to invest the money to make a transition because in the end, what I will receive will be enough to, uh, you know, uh, to, to look after my family. That's what everyone wants, no? But let's, let's go from the farmers back to the meat yeah. eaters, to meat consumers. So uh, w there are a couple of options probably how you can sort of uh, encourage people to eat less meat. And one of them is taxation. Uh, in Germany, tax on the meat is very low, 5-7%. And now I know that in the Netherlands there has been a discussion that you actually should increase a tax on the meat. Is that uh, a kind of a solution, the increase uh, VAT on meat, how to discourage people from eating meat? Well, within the wider discussion of uh, what I mentioned, obesity and people being overweight, I'm much more the, a person of the positive approach. So to say, why don't we lower the taxation on uh, healthy European produced fruit and vegetables, for example. That was a discussion within my party in the last half year. The problem, of course, here at the European level is that we don't have the powers when it comes to taxation. So whatever happens will be something that is decided at a national uh, level. Is taxation a solution, making meat more expensive? I would say, as my colleague told, that, that that's a national uh, debate because it's possible to do the, those kind of changes. In my perspective, uh, because national parliaments also incentivize the production of certain types of foods, and in Portugal they pour a lot of uh, euros into the meat and dairy industry because it's a huge uh, sector in, in, in Portuguese society, they should first stop that funding and use that funding to help farmers to transit to make the transition to a plant-based production. Better crops, extensive biological production, more localized, helping uh, the local markets. And so in the end, they are trying to incentivize this type of parallel solution. And in the after this, because I think this is the first step, the second step which should be at least have a neutral position regarding taxation when we talk about animal products. For example, in Portugal, they are uh, with the lo lowest rates equal to fruits and vegetables. So it's kind of nonsensical and in the end well we are externalizing all these costs environmental costs social costs that workers have on these industries uh, uh, to outside so we're making an externalization of the cost so it's not a real cost so in the end we, yes we can increase and make it at least neutral in Portugal uh, it's 23 percent the highest percentage of VAT uh, in these products but we we should have uh, the the, the compensation because a lot of people depend on these products and so we also have to have a clarification on what type of products can make the substitution uh, of, of meat and fish uh, protein for example so the citizens have a, a more diverse uh, nutrition. Well, but if you, for example, let's, let's be very science-based with an example, right? Um, and this is why to the EPP it's very important to talk about the facts. I had the same discussion within my family over Christmas dinner, right? So Christmas dinner, traditional turkey. Um, there are those members of the family that are vegetarian. They got a cashew bake roast. So it's, it's like a roast dish with cashew nuts. If you look at the research from the University of Wageningen, which is one of the best uh, universities in the field in the world, they tell you that if you buy a locally produced chicken, 
uh, I'm not talking about beef, but locally produced chicken, the CO2 impact, for example, is completely comparable to the vegetarian alternative that is based on cashew nuts. So please, let's stick to the facts. I don't want people to feel guilty if they, at their Christmas dinner, consume uh, a, a turkey that they bought uh, for their celebration uh, meal. A cashew, a cashew was imported? The, of course, cashews are imported, but a lot of the meat alternatives are hyper-processed, have a lot of uh, um, salt, mm -hmm. have a lot of fats, have a lot of uh, artificial products added to them to give them flavor. So this is why I'm trying to broaden the discussion to unprocessed, healthy food. And meat can be part of that. I'm not saying that now we're doing it right. I think we need to have a transition, but that excludes meat. I think the discussion you're only good for the environment if you don't eat meat at all. It's unfair and it's not but, backed up by the but science. Again, just, just making a point, DPP is also the, the ones that are continuously promoting the international trade at this level. So you are incentivizing constantly the trades that import this type of goods. And now we are on the verge for uh, approving the, the Mercosul agreement that mm. will just pour this type of products into Europe. So in the end, uh, well, uh, yes, I agree that we should be very cautious when we import certain types of products, but if we don't change our international trade, this is all, again, some beautiful narrative, but we, are talk we should be talking about policies. And in the end, the Greens has always been uh, pushing for the fair trade on international trade. And EPP has always pushed for the common trades that we see that, well, finance and, and make it easier for this type of products that have a huge impact on the climate to come to Europe. Welcome. But let me just round okay. up uh, because time is, time is running out. <laughs> uh, would you become vegetarian yourself? And under which conditions? I have cooked many vegetarian meals myself. Some of them are rather successful at home, I should, uh, I should say. And we don't eat meat every day, but I don't think it's a problem if you eat meat or fish. If I go to the local fishermen, whether that is in Portugal or in Scheveningen in the Netherlands, they are very proud of what they do. And if it's done in a sustainable way so that you don't deplete resources, but you can give the planet to the next generation with all the resources in a respectful way, that is what sustainability for me as a Christian Democrat is so about. So decreasing meat eating but not going vegetarian? Well, honestly, it's a personal choice, don't you think? And for me, I am not ashamed to say that I can appreciate meat as well as dairy products, as well as, you know, a vegetarian meal. It should really be about making Europe the healthiest continent, giving a fair price to farmers and making sure that we address this overconsumption of hyper-processed food, which is bad for all of us. Okay. Would you become vegetarian? I am a vegan, so... Oh, you are a vegan even? <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, well, I, I already promote what I, what I am working for here in the European Parliament. But I do agree that it's a personal decision and we shouldn't impose. But if we set national and European policies, we should be setting them to have the higher impact on quality foods. And so for me, it's, uh, well, contradictory if we are continue to financing a very intensive uh, farming industry, animal uh, farming industry, and obviously if I care about animal welfare, uh, and if you look at, at uh, factory farming, animal factory farming, we should be uh, strongly reducing our consumption of animal products, being meat or dairy. The best vegetarian dish, by the way, I ate in Latvia, and it was a panna cotta based on oats completely, so it was even vegan, and it was excellent. Okay.
Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for joining uh, this debate, and it seems that there is future for meat eaters. Thank you. Bye.